0: for joining us you've reached the spiritual frequency a podcast about magic metaphysics and mysticism in the modern era my name is dana jean walter of the she shed camp Athena and sonic priestess and i am here with my special guest co-host mr james godfrey of just causes minnesota and one voice mixed chorus
1: hello Hi, honey how are you i'm so
0: excited you're here we tried to do this when we had microphone death <laughs> Last week. We were meant
1: to do it today.
0: We were meant to do it today. Right. So, um, our beloved Tangie is um, busy uh, with her family stuff out of town right now. So, she has graciously uh, given her seat to James and a couple other special guests that I'll be having over the course of the next couple of episodes. So, James is um, very much a big, huge part of my heart. We've known each other for 23 years. Can you believe it? <laughs>
1: oh.
0: We met because of a City Pages ad. Not the way you think. Like, oh, it's one of those kinky ads. No. SWF.
1: Um, it for TWD. XWP, maybe. XWP
0: with a BBW, <laughs> um, No, we met because of Xena.
1: Correct. Okay. Yes. my why are princess? One of
0: my besties. Um, my, my beloved uh, Bonnie, who's our boo, who transitioned into Stardust. Way too young. hmm But her and I answered an ad for a Xena fan club because we were working on Convergence starting, and I was charged to go out and engage other fan clubs in coming in, and we are huge Xena fans, her and I, so we met, and it was like, oh, kismet.
1: Yeah, we were strangers for about two seconds. Two seconds. Oh my
0: God, where the fuck have you been? (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, you're late. (laughs) um so and then we've just had many adventures since then
1: we have we have stayed connected over the years and and we have one of those relationships that uh time and and life interferes and then we always come back that's right come back
0: uh james is a event planner god extraordinaire demigod with uh demi 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 demigod yeah. yeah um and just talk to me about just causes minnesota
1: so, COVID happened, I think, right? We all know about We're that. Still in it. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that thing. The never ending story. Not the good movie either. <laughs> this is the Atreyu! Other <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need a damn luck dragon now. Falcor, I call you. Oh,
1: okay. Felcor, I call you. That's right. <laughs> and what was his mom's name again that he screamed out? Moon Moonchild, moon, moon, moon Child? Moon Child. Moon Child. <laughs> but it was like so strict that I was like, it's Moon so Child! Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, tangent. We knew this was going to happen. All right. Um, Just Causes Minnesota. So thanks to COVID, uh, a lot of us took uh, a break from our lives, not my choice. Of are still taking yeah, a break. Yeah, that's right. And had chance to reevaluate. Um, I've been doing event planning for over 15 years with a company called Stage Time Productions. And I knew that I needed and had been wanting to do this for a long time, is create my own company. Um, and the base reason why I love what I do is because I work with a lot of nonprofits. Uh, they're all, in my opinion, just causes, each one of them. And so I kept thinking, that would be a really cool name. And, and then it would be really obvious up front when I talk to people and work with them about what I do and why I like it. So What love it, I should say. So, yeah, it was incorporated this year. And, Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. That was actually super cool. I, I worked through a lot of logo designs. I think I ran you through some designs mm-hmm. early on. Finally locked into something. And um, so, yeah, it's great. It's live. It's real. It's moving forward. It's in tandem with... Stage time, and uh, we'll see what the future brings. But I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, and so like you handle a lot of like silent auctions, and there's like a it's like a buffet of services that you can provide to an event.
1: That is correct. From
0: like AV, video and lights and talent and emceeing and also like the volunteers that help at the at the event itself. Yeah, it's like going to
1: Baskin Robbins. Actually, you go there like a scoop of AV, uh, some (laughs) registration, some silent auctions, and can I just Test the production, or taste it, actually, and see if it's, <laughs> if it's decent or not. So, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, we, we do 60 events a year, which is a lot. That's a lot. It is a As lot. As an
0: event planner myself, I'm like, dude. That's
1: a prelude to our, co- our topic, by the way. <laughs> right. um, but what's great is that we can, sometimes we do just a little piece you know, of the mm-hmm. event, or sometimes we do the whole thing. And so we fill in where needed, uh, uh, if needed. And nonprofits, is a, it's a tough world out there for them to fundraise and go year to year. Basically, okay. it's kind of paycheck to paycheck. The way I, I view how their budget is, is, it's like year to year, you know, if they're going to survive the next year, if they get grants, if they get donors or whatever. So we, I'm very happy to assist. Our team is very happy to assist to bring them to the next level of success so they can last one more year. Oh, so know. beautiful, yeah.
0: and I mean it's very rewarding too. I'm sure it because is. You put a lot of work in, and it, it's one thing to schlog and punch the clock and be like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and even though it's a lot of work, you need something like these bitches be crazy. Yeah. It's still worth it because you're doing something to help people.
1: Yeah, and I'm learning like crazy. So I'll be sitting in an event, you know, all speakers on stage, and they'll be talking about caretakers for Alzheimer's, and I am like in the audience, tearing up while I'm working, holding a clipboard. Because it's moving. It's moving stuff. And I'm so glad to be a part, a small part of that. Because I watch these nonprofits work their butts off, you know, to make this stuff happen. So I'm glad to be even just a small drop of, you know, help in those places.
0: And that's why, James is one of the most optimistic, sunshine, (laughs) in personification people I've ever met. (laughs) And so, even when he's having a shit day, it's still like, he's like my Hobie from BTS, my sunshine. It's like, my James. Um
1: and you're that for me too. I think uh, that's that's okay. the whole community thing. I mean, I don't think any of us can do this alone. No, you know, no. and so and we're all in different places at different times. So, you know, sometimes you just need someone to listen, sometimes we need long hugs, especially after twenty twenty. No shit.
0: And then also you I remember very distinctly when you came to me and said I think I want to audition for a chorus.
1: Oh and I was God, like was Yes. Passionate.
0: And we talked and worked through that and then you went out and joined one voice, which was how long ago? Fifteen
1: years ago. Frick! I know, I know, and Dana, of course, is a beautiful singer, very inspiring uh, to be around. And so, when you're around music a lot, you think, how can I be part of it? Because I am excellent in my car, and even, <laughs> even better in my, in my shower. shower. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> no, sonics. No. <laughs> That's right. Hello, water. It's a sonics. It um, but I was actually uh, tutored uh, a little bit uh, with some friends of mine, and I took the leap, and I was petrified. That um, I had seen this chorus perform. They had an amazing mission, great group of people that I had volunteered for. Talk to for. me
0: about what One Voice Chorus is.
1: One Voice Mixed Chorus is uh, actually Minnesota's, for sure, largest LGBTA plus uh, community chorus. And we um, have been alphabet around.
0: Go, mafia. I know, and a
1: kid. We're almost there. We're almost got all the letters covered. We're, 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 we're getting there. Uh, it's hard to have those letters, actually, by the way, because the world's just becoming more and more diverse. I shouldn't say becoming. We're it just becoming is. aware We're of now, it. Yeah, yes, claiming yes. it. Yeah. So um, we've been around for 30 years. I've only been part of it for half of that time, but it's completely changed my life. And uh, our miss- mission is building community and creating social change by raising our voices in song and raising the vibration. That's of right.
0: Frequency. Oh yeah,
1: we have sung to audiences of 10 and 10,000. It's been an amazing ride, and uh, just looking out and seeing the people and I, I'm super emotional when I perform. And they always tell you not to be. They're like, just just perform and be professional. And I'm like,
0: oh, that's oh. a Minnesota. Minnesota is a huge <laughs> choral state. It's one of the biggest choral states in yeah. the Union, yeah. but it's also based in like Germanic Stoics. <laughs> and when they say that to me, I'm like, uh, you're hilarious if you think you're going to stop the somatic waves that are moving through my body and telling me not to cry. You're hilarious.
1: Oh, yeah, that that and Don't Move When We Have a Beat. Uh, So if you ever watch videos of one boys, you can pick me out pretty easily because I'm the one who's, like, kind of shoulder moving or foot tapping or something. (laughs)
0: Well, I'm very excited because I'm going to be hopefully auditioning once we decide. Because that's another thing that's been really hard during COVID is all of us who are (sighs) singers and who love singing in groups have been told, nine, you don't get to do it right now, and we still don't get to do it right now. We're going to be the last ones that come online Yes. And this, so everything's kind of, we don't
1: Yeah, know. and that when you take that away, which Ooh. forever we didn't even have, didn't even cross our minds, that'd be taken away. It was harsh. It was oh, definitely harsh. it's
0: been brutal. Yeah. I've, I've been connecting with um, uh, some singers' networks that I'm a part of as a vocal teacher, and a lot of them are choral directors and stuff. And it's just from the the biggest, like Eric Whittaker to all the way down to your smallest church choir person. We're all like, the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just been hard. Yeah, pitch pipe. We are ready. Nothing is more glorious as a vocalist than being amongst other humans making noise together with harmonics rolling and rolling and rolling. I, it, it is, it's beyond the best orgasm you've ever experienced in your life. It's a musical constantly. orgasm. Constantly. The it's big musical just, o. It is a big musical O. It's the music of the spheres moving through your body. It's, it's, I, I, I really wish that other people who had never experienced singing in a choir, whether it be your church choir or what have you, go do it. Agreed. Go do it. Yeah, it it will shift your whole world. So I'm um, very excited because I'm really hoping we get to sing together, and it's going to be great.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Provided I audition and pass, which <laughs> is a possibility. I won't. I recognize.
1: Uh, neither will I. <laughs> we see your rules. Out the door.
0: <laughs> so um, today. We have James here because uh, the two of us share some wicked commonalities Mm -hmm. in so many ways. One of them being the um, moniker that has been given to us a lot of times by other people. I don't necessarily know that we call ourselves this.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: But it is the um, topic of the overachiever, the A++ personality person, the... um, person who's in constant motion that control freak. that control freak that so we want to have a dialogue today about um, because there's been a lot also the reason this is really great timing is we have had this pregnant pause of covid mm-hmm. which has taken a lot of us that do all the things offline in Everything. such a way where we're now analyzing and looking at our lives going hmm was this the best practice. Yeah. or are we redefining because you know, everybody wants to be aware right. of what they're doing right and learn and, and learn, learn
1: from it. Yeah.
0: And decide like uh do I want to be going 90,000 miles an hour and age and mm, and and so and the speed
1: limit says 55. So <laughs> I <Right. laughs> never paid attention to the speed rules. Limit. <laughs> Everywhere is the Autobahn. <laughs> Achtung. 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 All right, let's do that. All right.
0: So, um, so again, with our new format that we're working with here for season two is uh, the first uh, ch- chunk of our discussion is just kind of like some of the research that we've done about, like what is, like, what are the descriptors about overachiever? Like we we talk about overachieving, uh, or oh, that person is, you know, like overachievers are a lot of times hated,
1: mm-hmm.
0: for the most part. Google
1: it, you'll be pretty it's pretty, <laughs> surprised. It was pretty harsh
0: when yeah. we found it. Um, and so especially when you're talking about corporate America, mm. overachievers in your job. I, I, I know this for a fact for some of my friends who are uh, law enforcement. You know, that that is such a harsh uh, realm mm-hmm. based on their training that must, that they feel must be done. And we know that that definitely needs to change. But yep. if you're a younger uh, officer coming into the modus operandi of everybody kind of bonding together in this blue line but you are a person who is driven and or like comes in more educated or what have you your ability to be a high achiever gets squelched
1: yeah absolutely if you come in wanting to do 150 because you want to you know impress and show your worth or do your service and be your duty to the public and then your your peers
0: are like don't fucking do that because it makes them look bad yeah yeah So there's that aspect of what can be perceived as overachievers. And then there's the toxic side of overachieving where you don't be a team player. You don't um,
1: don't trust other people. (laughs) You don't trust other
0: people to do their job. We talked about this as event planners. Right. You know, like a good leader in event planning or or producing because they're, in essence, the same tasks. Correct. Project management, what have you. Yeah, the model. Is that you want to, you if you have a skill to gather the right people mm-hmm. for the job, but then you have to also let them do their fucking job.
1: Yeah. you got to recognize what their uh, strengths and weaknesses are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and be able to pull the team together. It's, like, it's just like a puzzle. I mean, if you are missing a piece of that puzzle, um, you can't do it all. There is just nobody in their right mind or in their healthy mind can do it all. And boy, the, the amount of work you can get done with the right team, oh, man. I right. will tell you stories about that. It's amazing.
0: And then there's also when you don't have the right team. Spirit. And you have to, as the person that's organizing, your job is to also shore up where things are falling down. Right. Or retasking people to pull it up. right? You know? And so we talk about, like, I, I am a horrible control freak when it comes. Because <laughs> it's one of those things, like, I'm sure those of you who identify with this personality – can understand where you're like I could show you how to do something you don't know but it's faster for me to just fucking do it, do it myself, myself <laughs> than take the time to teach you if you don't know because we're on a time clock and I don't you know and then that's fine if it's one but if it's eight then you go wait I put the crap team together yep, you know yeah yep, yep. I'm very lucky that I myself have a pretty good knack for putting the right teams together um, but then it's about trusting them right. to do their work. Right. And I'm not always super strong with the trust with my own trauma response. Right. Because it's another thing we discovered in doing our
1: research, right? Well, right. And I think, I, I think one of the biggest things, too, is, is our ability to learn. I mean, like when I first came into this, I was a bull in a china shop. I was so excited to get it done, and I wanted to do it done. I'm like, no, 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 I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. And then I realize, oh, there's all these other people that are here that are here to help, and they're just standing there because <laughs> I have created a mess. So I have learned. I have mostly. Clean most up in all night. aisles? <laughs> yeah. And then I show up to clean it up. So <laughs> what the heck is that about? Well, I made the mess, so okay, I get it now. But.
0: <laughs> do I have my own union for all of me? <laughs> all of me. <laughs> so yeah, so we so uh, there's a lot of perceptions about overachievers.
1: Um, We've also looked at the word itself, overachievers. I mean, the word achieve is awesome, right? Correct. You achieve something, you set a goal, and you achieve it, and you're proud of it, and you learn from it, and you move on, right? The word over, I think, is what makes it kind of derogatory. Like you're overdoing the job. But what was the example you gave of the bread? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. If you work the bread too hard, too much,
0: your bread's gonna be crap.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Who wants over? Nobody wants overwrought
0: bread. Please don't put all your angst into my dough. Yeah, right, (laughs) right. So we've looked
1: at other variations on this uh, label or word, you know, like a high performer or high achiever, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I think fits, but there is not any one um, model that this fits for people. I mean, this doesn't fit everybody. There are all kinds of people who have different work levels, different skill levels, different amounts of time. Um. There's so many variables that equate to what we're able to put out in the end.
0: Well, and there's also the perspective, like, you know, we're talking from our own experience, which we will get into deeper in the sec- next section, but um, in my mind, when you're an overachiever, I naturally assume that you're also a leader, and that's not necessarily no. true.
1: No, no, it is not.
0: You can be a leader on a team and have someone on your team who's an overachiever, and that's where the, like, uh, leaders hate overachievers because overachievers don't play nice with everybody else. Right. And they in a lot of times will undermine the underpinnings of the foundational structure because they don't play by the rules. They think differently, which sometimes you want. You want people, to, especially creatives, we want yep. to be outside the box. But like when that overachiever becomes on your team becomes a detriment to everybody.
1: Right. How right. do you
0: deal with that?
1: And that creates inadequacies too. So when people are around someone like that, I think it's, it's it's tough. Again, that's hard to pinpoint exactly. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of these things can be fixed by simple communication. You know, this you you're doing too much, or you're you know you need to back off and let so and so help. And these are things that will help these, these situations.
0: And, but, a, and a good leader will step in and and correct. redirect and train that person. With some, you know, adding in some humility and saying, like, look, like, it's great that you can do all these things.
1: Fantastic. Right. right. But
0: how great would you feel if you helped, you know, this person achieve things too? Right. But, you know, like, so it's like a redisbursement of their like because oh you want that their their drive and their like not to be great yeah if everybody had that <laughs> I don't, I don't in know if that would be great yeah well you know so so I think it's like it's like how do we reframe that and then how do we look to ourselves if we find that we're that kind of personality I mean I was really proud of myself in May I had stepped back into I've been producing anything for a while and I was doing a music we were testing this room with the new remodel to see if it. Um, can be recorded better and because we, we put up a bunch of sound-dampening stuff or whatever. So I was doing some singing bowl stuff and some a cappella stuff and had some guests, and we were videotaping it and had professional sound and stuff in the room. And um, I was insecure as fuck because I haven't sung for a while, and there's a lot of healing that I need to do there. And I always said, um, no one wants to hear me sing a cappella with no other things. And um, when I asked my, my peeps, I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? They're like, you could sing the phone book, and we'd love it. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you want So we jokingly throughout the day were like, what do we call this thing? And my videographer's like, Dana sings the phone book. I'm like, <laughs> I haven't even been able to listen to it yet. But I was proud of myself because I, the, I was the first time I worked with this video person, and I said to Todd, I'm like, he goes, what do you want me to do? I'm like, make me pretty. That's all. Make it ambient. And, I, and then I started micromanaging, and I stopped and I went, shut up, Dana, study your lyrics. I was like, look at my growth.
1: The little micromanager <laughs> on the shoulder was adorable, too. I just, like,
0: flicked her off and be like, you need to sit the fuck down, bitch. They're doing it. So, like I, like, I get it, but it's, there's also this drive, I think, that we have up here in the upper, upper Midwest, which is, again, part of our lineage. Right. If I'm not doing, I'm a lazy
1: fuck. Mm, right, right. Do you ever get that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I know a lot of my friends who are do like if I'm not doing anything, then I'm lazy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You can be your worst own uh, worst enemy. Yeah, mm-hmm. how you how you think you're using your time or not using your time?
0: Which is a really nice segue into like our personal anecdotes about yeah. you know how do we process how do how do you deal with this? You have this enormous I me, and when I talk about you being the sun. I'm not just saying, like, sunny, you know, happy sunbeam of optimism. I'm like, no, like, you're a burning fucking ball of fire (laughs) that could just as easily burp and blast the whole planet to fuck (laughs) Um, because there's so much energy in you all the time. Like, how do you manage or do you not manage this, like, crazy kinetic energy that you have?
1: That's a great question. I think one of the bases of this uh, persona I have because
0: if like okay, because you have Mr. Jamester. Yeah. Is like your persona. That is,
1: that is. That's my quote unquote uh username since nineteen ninety six, I think. <laughs> from AOL. Thank you for that. Remember that dial-up noise? Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You've got male. <laughs> or female. I don't know. <laughs> it depends. You've got whatever. Yeah, so um in a very short story, uh, anecdotal way, I lost my mother very young. Um, she was 34, and I was 14. Uh, amazing woman, uh, impressed me, uh, and changed my life in 14 years more than any human has ever done. And that, what that, one of those life lessons from losing her was that life is precious. That every day is a gift, you know. And so that's kind of where some of that, you know, sit around doing nothing thing kind of affected me, because I was like... No, 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 I could be hit by a bus tomorrow, so I want to make a difference today and make a change today and put some energy into it today. So this was young James, right? Young Mr. Jamester. Um, as I've gotten older, I have had to create um, uh, getaways. I have had uh, timeouts for myself where I literally have to stop myself and say, go go away for a couple hours. You know, leave family, leave friends, leave work, leave music, leave home, just do these things to find a center again. Mm -hmm. Because then the whole world gets quiet. If you can find that center place, no matter where that is symbolically, uh, literally, um, that has helped immensely. Um, But this is not, this didn't happen overnight. I mean, I spent a lot of time working the nine to five job back in the day, living paycheck to paycheck, raising my son, trying to get just to the next week. You know, and it you know, and I wanted my son to have a good life, so I worked really hard for everything we had. You know, and you know, I I spent many years doing something I enjoyed. I went to school for for graphic design, but then when event planning came along, it was something I didn't even foresee. And and then I, I found a way to use skills I didn't fully exercise, um, and I love it. And then finding out that you know, not only could I do something I enjoy, but it has purpose. You know.
0: Well, you are also like a ridiculous poster guy for ultimate volunteerism right. cuz you volunteer a lot of your hours of your of your time to things like the food shelf and right. stuff like that and, and and not only just your time but you organize the shit out of getting
1: more people yeah yeah to come to that well it's more fun in groups right <laughs> i mean you know i mean i am a fan of meeting new people and hanging out and talking mm-hmm. uh, which is great but i also am more comfortable in a situation where i know people um, i have a good friend angie who i'm going to call out who is, could, could talk did she just to call you? on your phone too? <laughs> no, she really would. Well, that would be a coincidence, would it? Uh, she can have a conversation with anybody. We don't believe in anybody. here. No, that's <laughs> right. We control that. No, <laughs> no we don't. <laughs> uh, she can have a conversation with anybody. And she's that comfortable. It's amazing, actually. I lo- I, I'm I, uh, impressed with that about her. I, as outgoing as I am, do hit those walls, you know. Um, I will tell you, though, my optimism comes from a ba- uh, most of it, anyway, from 17-year-old, 16-year-old James reading comic books, reading superhero mm. stories, a fantasy land that, you know, I escaped to because, you know, growing up was hard for everybody, right? Um, but they, they, these morals and these uh, self-sacrificing and- people, uh, and, and the way they wrote comics, there's this there's this big, uh, uh, what's it called, like, you know, way that people see comic books, and I... It, you stigma. To, stigma, thank you. Um, where you just think of these cartoony, childish things. And actually, you know what? They are not. They are intense stories putting people with extraordinary abilities in real-life situations.
0: I remember when I started c- collecting briefly, and then I got obsessed, and I'm like, I can't do this. Because <laughs> Um I came across the Defenders solo Valkyrie thing, which was about her stewarding over a soul that was dying from AIDS mm. and I just wept through the whole thing because she was like not only doing her job but she was identifying a part of humanity that she had not accessed in all of her time right. doing what she was doing and it's just and I framed that that issue and hung it on my wall and I it was just like I'm like tell me that this is like for like yes it's for kids let's hope that kids read this shit but this yeah. is definitely like absolutely intense processing of emotion.
1: Right. And that's also one of those things where you can read it as a child, get one thing out of it, read it as a teenager, or a young adult get something out of it, and read it now and get something different out of it. Absolutely. So we've I think we've all I mean if we all have our our thing that we're into, you know, it's, it's hilarious. And people give me, you know, crap about it. It's like, you know, well you aren't you a general hospital lover or a <laughs> Worldwide Wrestling. Do you
0: think that your love of comics and the the superheroines and hero stories Inspired you to do a higher level of achievement Absolutely. on because this was your role model. Well, our connection, Zena, Zina. yeah, and well, her big
1: role, or one of her models of life, was the greater good. Right? Well,
0: and and Zena is the ultimate like samurai redemption story. I right, mean, that's, like she was bad and evil and did some horrible fucking things, yeah. and then she
1: spent her life like, trying to redeem spent herself. Spent her life
0: trying to redeem herself, and um, and so yeah, like. Like, I totally get
1: that. Yeah, yeah. So it, 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 it's, it's nice to have a basis in something. I mean, whether it's reality or fantasy, as long as you recognize. I mean, I know there's no Superman. But the idea but of Superman. Superman James. Uh, I know <laughs> lots of superheroes, actually. I, I surround myself with superheroes. Pe- people do extraordinary things all the time. When 9-11 happened, I think that's one of the uh, – it was a terrible thing. But one of the things that came out of it was that people started seeing firemen and fire people – uh, as heroes, mm-hmm. right? Because they had sacrificed themselves without a thought, you know, and COVID actually brought the same thing out in the, in the health field. Right. And
0: in the people who were packing your groceries or delivering yeah. stuff like I, you know, yeah, it, the frontline people that have been, um, not taking care of the way that we should be taking care of each other even though they were busy taking care of us with no stopping.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They you know? are the heroes and then getting out in the world and helping them by volunteering. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw what I did as as a as a good thing for me, you know, but I it was a small thing compared to what I saw on a daily basis. There are volunteers who volunteer every single day. They retired, or they only work part time, or whatever, and they have devoted their life. So it was—it's cool that I can do it and be a part of it. But man, I have recognized not only the staff that works on those organizations and do all the work, but then the volunteers that have been doing it for a very long time. So I'm just happy to be counted among them.
0: Well, I'm really pleased to live in a state where volunteerism is pretty high in Minnesota. It like is. it is like a like a civic drive. Right. for, well, for people.
1: Yeah, and when COVID initially came out it was a big question mark should we even do that right i mean because it's you're putting yourself in a risky situation but again the essential front line we it had to be done there was a, f- a higher need for food uh than, than ever. ever yeah thanks to COVID. so yeah. I, we just got out there i was lucky enough to be healthy i was lucky enough to be in a situation where i could do that so of course
0: yeah amazing and it you know so when we personally like what is your what's your influence like my influence and in being um well, my influence is much more selfish.
1: <laughs> How so?
0: <laughs> as a as a person who identifies as female, mm-hmm. and as a tall woman, I was the youngest in my class, but the tallest in my class, and I was always the freak. Right. Right. So, in seventh and eighth grade, I grew. 9 inches in 13 months. It was very painful and very hard and when you saw pictures of me in my yearbook, I was literally sitting in my chair slumped over to make myself shorter uh, because I was teased mercilessly every day. Now there's a lot of bullying that goes on and and lots of different re- for lots of different reasons right. or no reasons at all. And it wasn't necess- I mean these and some of them were my friends that were doing it too. And when I reached a moment between leaving middle school and going into high school, um, I made a decision with the help of my father one day that I was going to do whatever I wanted, however I wanted it. If it required a penis, I would find one. (laughs) And no one was going to tell me no. I was going to go do whatever I wanted, and I was going to be the absolute best at every single fucking thing I did, just so I could prove I may be a freak, but I'm far more superior to you. Right <laughs> Now, is that healthy? Probably not. Was it a coping mechanism for trauma? Absolutely. fucking oh, yeah. um, And then as I realized and went out and tried all these different things, I'm like, hey, I'm kind of good at these things. And I enjoyed them. And then that turned into, like, I didn't start out producing. I didn't start out doing event planning. I started the wedding business when I was 14 right. and starting to sing and there's a certain amount of organization that's required for that. So, so, you know, when I was in 4-H and I knew, like, there was lots of things about animal husbandry and all the stuff that you have to, like, keep records and do all this stuff. So, yeah. like, I grew into my skill set and be, was a natural, like, bossy bitch. <laughs> I would love to say leader, but I'm not going to be that hubris, but I haven't that much hubris, but... Um, as I started to develop those, and then you know into college, and it was just I ended up being like part of the nucleus team that was driving anything <laughs> to the point where there was some. There was a, a friend of mine who said once in our stage combat years, she was like, "How the fuck did I get here?" <laughs> oh, Dana, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was described like you're sometimes like this tornado that rips through the neighborhood and sucks everybody up. I'm like we're gonna go to this thing and then people are like <laughs> like well that's like as that's like also telling me that i'm taking people against their will oh psh. which i don't and i'm but then there's also that like I've, I've made this thing before where it's like i get the bus like i listen to people and they're like i want to go do this thing but they yap about it and then i go get the bus and like <laughs> open the door let's get on the bus kids we're gonna do this thing we're like yay and everybody gets on the bus and then we're driving and we take a, a potty break, and we get snacks, and we're driving through this stretch of (coughs) Iowa, which never fucking ends, and then suddenly I hear, why does she get the bus, and I'm like, what's going on? Well, why do you get to drive the bus? Because I got the fucking bus, okay? Okay. Like, sit down when the bus is in motion, bitch, like, (laughs) you know, and so there's that aspect of, of being over... Production, you know what I mean? Oh no, I, I totally I
1: get that. Yeah, I I have. Oh, that's
0: super petty of me, but that's just no, like, no, that's no, no, realism. <laughs> no, no, it,
1: I think this is totally true. I can I have several stories where people, um, I've, I've I've done the same thing. I've listened to what they've talked about doing, but not actually done. And then I'm like, let's do it. We're gonna do it. And they're like, oh, I don't know about this. I can't believe you're talking me into this. And then we do it. It's fantastic. Usually fantastic. <laughs> and then afterwards, they're like, thank you. Thank you for pushing me. Uh, and mm-hmm. and they have said, you know, if James hadn't pushed me to do that, I probably wouldn't have done that on my own. And I, I love that because there are people in my life that inspired me to get to where I am today, and I want to do that for other people. I want to, like, I want to give that little nudge or kick mm-hmm. or drive the bus right up to their front door, whatever it takes. To, to make it happen, you know? Cuz it's
0: more fun that way to do it, it is, with totally. the people. It's like I could go do it by myself, not as much fun. No, no, no. You know, I get burnt out. Yeah. But I, all my
1: personalities do. But yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: <laughs> so it's it's that thing like it, we came across this article and it was like overachieving is there a cure? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then we're both like, wait, maybe well, that's a what, good thing.
0: Wait, wait. Wait. <laughs> and I think it really depends on the I think it's a reframing. Yes. We talked about reframing. Is it overachieving what we do? Or, sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, Or is it that, because I have incredibly high standards for myself. Right. And when I don't meet them for myself, I beat the living shit out of myself. Yeah, and like
1: we said too, when we start a project... We finish a project, yeah. right? Yeah. Even
0: if we're crawling on our fucking belly <laughs> through glass and bleeding out our freaking face, we are
1: gonna ring that bell. To I'm that gonna
0: open. get the. And I always look at. I always oh, go mm-hmm. back to those. Like when, if you ever see me post the the <laughs> um, still of Xena after she's gone through the gauntlet oh, yeah. episode, she and she up, gets yeah. back up just before she turns around, and they're all like, <laughs> and she gets up while they're all laughing. And turns around all bloodied and kicked, and then has this look on her face like, "I am going to kill all of you." And then everybody poops their pants. Like, whenever you see that picture, that's literally what I am. Whatever energetically I'm doing, I'm like, Grr. "That's right." And it that scene was so important to me because it's like, yes, I fucking know what that is. See,
1: that's a great. That's a great uh, an analysis. Uh,
0: um, what's the word
1: that, yeah, that, uh, uh, metaphor analogy, analogy analogy. yay we got there sorry yay. about that <laughs> of, of, of reading stories of, of people that are going through gauntlets right and, and how they, they get through it and we have all been there every one of us have been in a situation where like, we see the end and we're like oh no 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 and of course it's okay you don't always have to reach that end but what you sometimes or in my case I have pushed myself to get there you know, even if I got a 20% on that test, I still got to that gauntlet and I finished it. So I think it is about finishing. That is, that is about part of my quote-unquote overachieveness, is that I start something, I finish it. I'm giving it my all. I'm not going to be the best at, at all of these things for sure. but uh,
0: So there's this thing in economics that I always have to listen to. And it came out of a movie mm-hmm. by somebody who I admire greatly, which is the fabulous Mini Driver, oh, yes. because she's like a triple threat and she's a fabulous. So she did this beautiful film. It was Sir Nigel Hawthorne's last movie, and Rufus Sewell and her and her sister, her and her sister produced this show, oh. this movie. And it's a very quiet movie, um, but it's really about the story of a man who keeps not going on the path that he's supposed to do and keeps trying all these other things and they always fail because he's not fucking doing what he's supposed to be doing. Right. Okay? Which is a huge theme in my life. So I was like, every time I need to remind myself, bitch, get on the train. You're not, you're walking next to it and you're going off and something, get on the train. I'll play this movie. But one of the things that um, she brings up to her beloved, who's Rufus Sewell, is the lost cost fallacy Mm -hmm. and that is sometimes we have well not sometimes there is a skill that needs to be had to learn when it is time for you to cut bait Mm. because pouring any more time energy money whatever into this goal is no longer going to eat no even if you get to the ding the bell even right. if you crawl on your belly through the thing by the time you get to the end it won't be worth
1: it may even take away it may and it yeah. may be
0: detrimental to yourself to to insist sometimes That's you have true. to learn when do you just go i got to end this yeah. you know it could be a relationship it could be a job it could be a project it could be it could be anything yeah um, and Oh, that's been a hard lesson. It's been such a hard lesson. I, I can't say that I have uh, acquired that skill with 80% you know, oomph, uh, but I'm fucking working on it. Well, I do remember,
1: you just remind me of, of, of a moment just like that. So when I was working for this company for a very long time, um, I was having some issues in the end of that run of my life, and I was sitting in a meeting, and something was said, and I... I, normally I think things heavily in my mind, and I don't say them. To be nice, I hate confrontation. But in this moment, it was just like, cut the tie, done. I stood up, I said I quit, I grabbed a page from the fax machine, I wrote my two weeks out, I put it on the table, I walked outside, I hyperventilated. It was, I, I threw up in a bush. I've it done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that was a moment, that was a moment, so I had just had enough. And it was risky, right? It was my paycheck, it was my future, it was my job, it was my son's future. You know, so I was. It was scary, but actually, it was one of the best decisions of my oh, life.
0: I totally you know? get it. And I, it's,
1: it's the negativity that also is drawn along mm-hmm. with some of these paths that we've chosen.
0: Which is that frequency thing, like you know, when you want something in your life that you wish to achieve, it has a very specific vibration. Right. Anything that is a lower vibration compared to what that is. The, if you you can't you can to get there you have to raise your vibration you yep. cannot continue in this low vibrational field and think you're going to achieve a higher vibrational goal
1: right right
0: you know which i think the drive of people who put themselves in that overachiever category or a high achiever category is you're constantly striving for your vibration to rise and rise and rise and also leading other people to raise their vibration for this thing to happen.
1: And you're creating chaos by having different vibrations happening. So when that happens, when you, when you actually sink in your vibration, there's this tranquility, there's this calmness that you're like, oh my gosh, this is where I should have been. I had no idea I was supposed to be there or get there or reach there. But but when I got there, I was like, yes, this.
0: And I know it's really cliche when you say, vibe your tribe. And I think
1: that is... Say that again for me one more time. Vibe, vibe your tribe. tribe.
0: Um, and uh, because that's that's this part of this IG aesthetic that Tanji and I really want to like redirect <laughs> the because it because it really plays a lot on the way you look and the and, and you're speaking the words that you want to vibe. but it, it's all faux. you know it's not necessarily in a real life action because, a lot of that aesthetic literally lives on social media, and that's the where that's the box it lives in. It doesn't live in the real world most of the time, getting shit done, and doing the thing.
1: Right. You
0: right. know. Um, so yeah, this reframing of you know, here we are in COVID. Here, like I ran my life up to five years ago, a lot like you and you and I have done. Um and my gut check, my shot over the bow was the universe and I speed dating with death. And you know the like I knew I was sick right before I f- knew I was sick right Because I knew that, oh, could we talk about this too like when you're an overachieverslash slash high achiever, you have a tendency to be the nucleus right of whatever you're doing and if you fall down holding all the stuff because you're doing all the stuff you are the queen pin the king pin and you stroke out and fall on your face and go to the hospital your people are left having to like hold the shit together without you and if you are a person who doesn't trust other people and they don't know where the ledger is for the thing. They don't know the passcode to get into like your yeah. fucking shit stops and it will fail.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's on you. And that's not success. That's not no, future no, no. forwarding. Yeah. For so
0: sure. I kind of had this inkling, like, okay, some shit's going down and I started winding my stuff down. Some of it, the universe was like, bitch, I'm, I'm just going to end this. And you just, I'm like, why Why is this ending? I don't understand. And so like, I wound, I had probably about a, a 13 month warning. Belt. right and i wound everything down and then uh with the exception of my business which i also had to like sadly close my business because of my health after 10 years and because it was not doing well cuz i was not doing well and um and then you know i found myself cuz my beloved passed away and gave us the clue like hey Dana's not okay Let's put her in the hospital and then we you know found cancer or whatever so i'm still recovering right from the taking myself to the absolute gauntlet nub um and almost not being able to get back up and now with covid like i was just starting to be like okay let's get this track and i kind of have to go okay we've all been put on pause right so now what are we doing so now what are we crafting
1: how can you use this time
0: right And, you know, we did a lot of stuff with conventions. You know, we were both – I got (laughs) – sorry, not sorry. Got you involved in a sci-fi convention that happens here. That's crazy. Um, Right. uh, And Z University participated in that for –
1: 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Like, who knew that was going to be a thing? Like,
0: hey, you want to do I remember the resistance that I had to it, too. Some of the people were like, no, we don't want to do that. I'm like, oh, but you do. Yes. And this high achiever
1: here was like, oh, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. (laughs) I
0: I distinctly have a remembrance of our first university party when we had made ambrosia jello and we were. Credit card. the The morning we were. We slept in the room. And that morning we were packing everything up. I remember distinctly. Scraping the Jello up with the room key card. Oh, the room key.
1: That's right. It was the room key.
0: Eating, eating the rest of the which Jell-O. is a major
1: COVID no-no, by the way. <laughs> what are you thinking? I anyway. Remember the baking pan, the red color? <laughs> oh yeah.
0: And the posters that kept falling off the wall all day. In the middle of the
1: night, when we were trying to get our four hours of sleep. Our four or th- Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good time. Did good you time.
0: sleep in the bathtub for a little bit? I did. No, it was
1: peace <laughs> and quiet, and the sound was really good. You know, the balance was
0: good. Anyway, (laughs) who knew that that would start a 20-year trend of awesome room parties? A
1: long time ago, Dana told me that um, I was having some personal issues with soulmates. You know, I was trying to find my soulmate, and um, I was having a hard time one night, and we were sitting across the table from each other, and I I had my hands, like, you know, on the table in front of me, and I'm like, I'm never going to find my soulmate, feeling sorry for myself, blah, 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 and Dana just quietly put her hands on top of my hands and told me... You know, you're you focused a lot on soulmates. You know, the world really is about soul families, about these connections out there. I mean, you ever walk up to somebody, anybody, regardless of gender, sex, color, whatever, and think, oh, I, I know you. You're part of my family. I don't know you, but I know you. And, and that moment was such a moment of clarity for me because it, I have met so many people in my life that there were these instant connections and then there was no reasoning behind it. Like, I don't even know you really. Um, and, and and that's why, like, even in that moment, this was in our first couple of years, we would be friends forever because mm-hmm. of that connection, you know. And that really opened my mind, too, to how we focus so much in putting the importance of our life on one person. And I can tell you now I have survived my life to this point because of the community of people around me, you know. So. And a
0: big part of that is being a driven person and yeah. being a person that goes and makes shit happen
1: yeah yeah
0: you know like i have a lot of people in my life that are extraordinary uh because i and they have all been people who are incredibly driven to make cool shit happen right, right? yeah it doesn't matter what it is if it's like putting together a softball team or singing in a chorus or you know Dana has a weird-ass idea because goddess says to her, hey, you need to put this women's course together. Well, what are we even doing? Oh, you're missing an ancient sonic technology that we all forgotten (laughs) called, we're going to just call it Chanty Hula, okay? You've been doing it for years, but now you're going to do it with all these women. And I'm like, that's insane. And very specific. How the fuck is that going to (laughs) work? And then it did. So, uh, yeah, but you you got to have those people in your wheelhouse.
1: Right, and it's not about number of people either. No. This is cliche too, but, you know, quality versus quantity. I mean, when Facebook first came out, it was so important that you had a thousand friends. You know, quote-unquote friends, right? Because nobody has a thousand friends. You have a thousand acquaintances, and maybe a small portion of them are true friends, like people who would be there for you if something happened, right? So it it is interesting when you take that um, version of life. How old is Facebook now? 15 years? something like that. 10, 15? (sighs) I, don't know. I, don't I keep. Say, know. I just say keep saying ten to everything because I'm getting older and it doesn't matter. But anyway, but but now it's like I could care less. I mean, I, I connect with people and the smaller numbers are more important to me. I can't maintain that many friendships either. We don't have that capacity as humans, right? Know. And I think that's another thing about overachieving.
0: You know, and and this COVID experience is helping us like reframe. Like you, from my observation, mm-hmm. my unsolicited opinion. Uh, but we've talked about this before. Yep. Prior to COVID, you were working a, a ridiculous amount of hours. Right. Like I, I could, I would, I would try to see you. <laughs> I would see you in the dream time more than I would actually see you right, in real life. Right, right. 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 And uh, and there's a an assess a reassessment. I think
1: you're doing. Oh aren't you? yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, so like when, when COVID first hit, it literally struck me on like who I wanted to reach out to to see if they're okay and vice versa, some of those same people reached out to me to connect. And then I I realized I can't do this big circle of things anymore. And this isn't just about friendships and family too, this is about how much I devoted to work. I mean, I started really with event planning intently seven years ago and I poured like everything into it. And I was working a lot, (laughs) I mean like a lot. And it's not hourly, right? It's not like nine to right, five. because it's like it's twenty four seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. So, and I, I it, it, it took perspective from other people to tell me too, like, you know, you're kind of like working. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I have to go right now. I can't talk right now because I'm busy. I have another no meeting, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, so yeah, COVID really did help me reassess, and I have slowed down a lot, not by choice necessarily, because the event world is slowly coming back up. But as it does, I'm already reassessing how I need to realign. And, and have a more work life um, and healthy balance for myself mm-hmm. you know because I'm not getting any younger either you know i got to be aware of how I can still help without burning myself out um, and thus affecting you know my future and those around me too
0: right and that's, that's something that I've been looking at too because I have also have a plan that um, I I've had a book that's been I always have known that I was going to be a published author and I've published. I've published other things, like I've written, you know, stage plays and uh, you know screenplays and things like that too. Right. But um, to write a novel, because I've written short stories and whatever too. But yeah. to to do that takes a certain amount of fortitude and time carved out to show up. Uh, Ray Bradbury is a huge inspiration for me, and he he talked about. Like, you have to show up to the page every day. Even if you don't write anything that's useful and it's just garbage, you still need to write because you've got to do that to get what's coming that's good. Yes. That flows. It flows. And
1: that's why you need need the dedicated time to it so it continues
0: So what does that look like? Um, I've been informed by the powers that be that it, it is now, like, the day after my birthday this year, I have a year and a day to have the first draft done. I already have an editor. I already have like I already have like some of the stuff, but I have to actually sit down and vomit this stuff out onto the page, right? Right. And here's the thing: I don't type very well. I'm a super fast. I'm like a friend of mine was like, "You're the fastest hunter pecker I've ever seen." I'm like,
1: (laughs) "You need dragon speak,
0: (laughs) right?" I need dragon speak. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but in order to have that kind of space for discipline, which I suck at, uh, I have to restructure the way I've done things and thankfully being an entrepreneur and I have my own schedule I can do that but it's like that time management thing because yeah. here's I don't know if you have this mm-hmm. because I don't think you do from my observation of your life for 23 years mm-hmm. if I'm doing something because I'm doing it for somebody else or I'm doing it hired for somebody I am fucking stellar yep. if it is something I am doing for moi catastrophe And it's that whole self-value thing. Like I Mm. don't love myself enough to keep my fucking room clean, you know, or to uh, make sure that I have my meditative time or what have you. Like those things, like everybody struggles with that. Yeah. But um, when I have, like if I have to do something for somebody else, I literally will crawl on my belly through glass. Oh yeah. To make sure that they get the yield but
1: I won't do that for me. That's interesting. I, I I feel a lot of the same things. I mean it's I don't I wonder what that is because I we w we we're do
0: that. we're both like high achievers. We're you know, like we would do so why we're givers too. Absolutely. So yeah. why don't I why can't I transfer that to me sometimes I'm not saying all the time, I'm just saying sometimes. <laughs> it would be really great <laughs> if I could, you know, like make a promise to myself Fucking keep it. Because broken promises to yourself are also trauma.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And so I have this book that I need to do. So I have to, like, really look at the structure between the studios and our home life and my, you know, my own career that I've, I've always done things collaboratively. And when I'm collaboratively working with people, because I get the fuck off on the highest orgasmic frequency when I put people together Yes, yes. and we do a thing and it happens and it's awesome and you just go fuck biggest boner lady boner ever right <laughs> and then you have that like let down when it's over and then you're like what's the next big thing and yeah. so you live like project to project to project to yeah. project
1: that's a high achiever right there it, right yeah, and, yeah.
0: and that's because you get excited about like I really don't want to do shit by myself yeah guess what writing a book all by, all by, myself. by myself. As yeah. we were both singers and that sucked. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so.
1: Not practice, could you tell? <laughs> okay. right. mm. um,
0: so what is required for me to carve out that time as a person who's a high achiever and has high expectations of myself and other people right. and control freakness, like, what does that look like? And I've been dissecting it and dissecting it. And it's kind of like, I, if I fail at it, I have nobody to blame it myself because I'm the one with the paintbrush in my hand and I can paint whatever realm I fucking want. Cause I'm the boss, right? I'm the big ass boss lady.
1: You report to the,
0: I report to myself. That's right. That's right. right. So, uh, if I fail with this, it's my own damn fault, but yet I'm, you know, I don't want to be stuck in this loop of self-flagellation where it, like, I can't function for myself, but I will fucking function for a total stranger.
1: Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. doing their
0: thing. And it's like, oh, that's like a real dark side
1: of this. Well, maybe also, though, it's the universe telling you it's not time to do that. You know, um, so I, a couple years ago, I took a trip up north by myself. Solo adventure. Super smart thing for me to do. I didn't realize I needed to do it, but I, I wanted to. And it's kind of funny. I had this whole concept that I was going to video record. I've always wanted to do videos. For my son's future, mm-hmm. in case for whatever reason I'm not around, right? I think that was instilled by a movie I saw in the '80s. And um, I get up there in the north, uh, up north, and all I could do was reconnect or connect with nature. It's all I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was go hiking and be out there in the sun and the leaves. And I totally had this whole project with me in a bag that never left my bag. So also squirrel, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it is about it's about timing too about. Feeling like this is the moment to do it. 90, in 1992, I was working at Perkins Restaurant, and I quit because they were building a new Olive Garden. So there was a six-month unemployment or six-week unemployment period, and I wrote something in that time frame. It's because the, the universe basically said, "Here's some time for you to totally focus on just that. You won't be interfered by your job." This was, um, I think, it was right before my son was born, actually. Um, so, it, so I had this forced time that happened for me to write. So it is, I don't know, circumstance, we don't give that much attention to ourselves, but to the things around us, our family, our friends, our community. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Oh, and that's,
1: I get chastised by
0: other beloveds in my life because I do not ever say no.
1: Yeah, that's my problem. To
0: (laughs) people who need me. Yeah, and then and then it fucks you up because you're like, oh, am I addicted to people needing me? And so I'm constantly creating situations where they need me. Remember the so overneeded like, oh. bread? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you're oh. like, fuckety, fuckety, fuck, fuck. And so you know. Probably a good therapist could help a person out with that
1: I mean, you know, kind of a thing. But Our number is 555 five, 336 <laughs> 123
0: and, and, and in all seriousness, like that is the thing. Like It's a super easy trap for really highly focused people, highly driven people to get looped into where you, you know, there are, I'm pretty good at saying I have an idea, I know how to execute it, I budgeted it out. I, I know what the people that I need and then boom pulling the trigger and executing making the calls doing the thing yep me too doing it for myself I can I can do it pretty pretty much two-thirds of the same structure it's the execution pulling the pulling the trigger to action that is also sometimes a problem um, you know which is something that we're also doing with this new format is like how do okay so you've identified yourself right uh, by the way segue into the next segment <laughs> um, you, you've You've identified yourself as this type of personality. Right. Right, okay? Um, whether you think it's a good thing or a not good thing is, you know, you have to figure out where you're at with that. Right. I myself would rather be a driven person than have no passion at all. I've met people, way, way a lot of people in my travels. Because I ask people these questions all the time. I doesn't matter if I'm in the cab, I'm in the elevator. I don't small talk with people. They're like, oh, hi, great, how's the weather? I'm like, seriously, where's your soul right now? Are you happy with what you're doing? Is this what you're doing? And they're like, ah. Right?
1: (laughs) Let's go back to the weather. (laughs) Let's go
0: back to the weather and small talk. No. Uh, So I ask that, and I I find so many people the saddest answer is, why should I think about any of that? It's not going to happen anyway. And I'm like, do you realize that the only way for it to happen is for you actually to vibe it into being? you got to think about how it would work and then draw it to you and then take some small little actions so that you can take bigger actions. And so when we talk about practicum in life, like if you want something, you, you have to make certain steps to get to where it's going to be. It's not just going to like show up and get handed to you. That's and not how it works.
1: Yeah, and that's how some people think too, is that the, the universe owes me. And so it's going to be handed to my doorstep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: I, I think about the bunny that wakes up every day and is like, oh, I'm today I'm going to do my thing. And is today the, like, does the bunny go, is today the day that the eagle's going to catch me and rip me into shreds in midair? <laughs> or is it just going to find carrots? Like, I don't no, know. Like, right. So w- when you don't have passion about anything, that's very difficult for me to comprehend because I am passionate about everything, all oh, the is that healthy? Maybe, maybe not. But I would rather be in that state than nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: Th- than not having that. That just kind of bopping along. Maybe that's a simpler life. Maybe it's a calmer life. Maybe it's a happier life. I don't know. But it is not for me. Right. You know. And that's okay. And that's okay. And it okay. is okay. Yeah. So when I um, find myself looking like, how am I? How, this isn't working efficiently anymore. Because I'm also about efficiency. I fucking hate wasted labor. I don't know about you. Uh,
1: no, definitely don't. Like I want to
0: do it once.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, and that's like if I have to show you, and you don't get it once, I have to temper myself to go. Not everybody's like you, and they may take a couple times to get it. So don't shred them, Dana. But you know, <laughs> right? Because um, evidently I can be intimidating. What? Uh, what? <laughs> so, so it's like, how do you how do you apply this practicum? And I will. I will oftentimes say to people when I'm talking with them, and I'm like, so if you would wake up tomorrow and do whatever the fuck you wanted without having to worry about money, without having to worry about your family or whatever, just, like, wake up and go, today I am going to jump out of a fucking airplane. And what would you need to do to make that happen?
1: Right.
0: And just think about it. Like, can you can you problem solve it out? And most of them are unwilling to even think about it.
1: And hmm. you've jumped out of a plane. I so. most certainly have. And I did it with other people. See, I, you hit it on the nail earlier about about being motivated by being in uh, progressive situations with other people compared to doing things on our own. I mean, those are very good, healthy times for us on our own. But being motivated is harder.
0: Well, we, and we, I know. we get
1: energy from people. Maybe we get energy from other people.
0: Yeah, and I have to ask myself, like, Dana, are you... like? So I had a beloved point this out to me that he goes, you really hate it when people don't need you you don't even know what to do with that like I, and, and this person and I were obviously because he's like I don't require anything from you and I'm like well duh he goes no that's not how you do the currency in your life and I had to sit with that and I got really upset because then I felt really bad like am I a, am I a psychic vampire or some shit like I'm mm-hmm. feeding off the brain. and it I had to also put it in perspective that the person I was talking to also keeps themselves incredibly far away from people Whereas I dive into the mosh pit of people and be like, wow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I come out on top. That's right, so, on top. <laughs> so I've had to like really take a look at, um, okay, I get to recraft this new thing post COVID, hopefully post COVID. Let's, yes, yes, let's keep the hope. Um, how do I want to be more efficient? How can I recraft things so that I have a work life balance? Because Obviously, leading up to five years ago, I made myself sick. Literally. Right. And the shot over the bow from the universe was like, bitch, bang, here you go. Makeup call. And and are you going to go do that again? This isn't a rinse-repeat moment. This is the like, huh, this shampoo makes my skin break out. I should probably stop using it. You know what I mean? Like, look at me and my wisdom. And I am in my croning time, so therefore... If I'm not heating wisdom, I'm an idiot,
1: yeah. right? And it was always on the shampoo bottle. So. <laughs> <That's
0: right. laughs> so, so this like passion that people don't have, and I, you know, you always want to inspire people to be passionate and to do the things that scare them and to, you know, be ferocious and all the things that we both do in our own ways. Uh, but I, like I've reached an integrity ethics issue in my own life in that I know I'm not doing that as good as I could
1: for yourself
0: for myself yeah and therefore is it a false positive that's happening with what I do professionally and are those two now catching up with each other so that so there's that kind of reframing of the overachieving and so so as I look at practicum to help our you know those peeps that are listening who thank you thank you thank you. <laughs> Um, how if you identify as this type of a of a personality what can be done to do this cure you know is is or is it reframing like we said from overachiever to high achiever and making sure that you have balance because I think what I see the most in people who are considered control freaks or overachievers whatever is that we don't trust people so working on our trust how do we allow people in and give people the, the benefit of our trust. Right. You know, they say trust has to be earned and all that stuff, which is true. We all, I think, as humans, give people trust first, until then they break it.
1: Till they break it, yeah.
0: And then we may go, oh, I'll give it, you, you know, I have a rule of three. If you fuck my shit up three times, I'll be like, mm, 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 mm. Oh boy. Now you have to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I think people who are in the overachiever category – it is probably wise for them to look at their trust and figure that out. And then it's also um, that work-life balance, I think. Oh, totally. You know, it. if you're trying to overachieve something, are you also trying to avoid something?
1: Right. And, and what price are you paying exactly? Because if you, the universe just forced us to stop, right? Correct. Yeah, we didn't do this by choice. So a, a lot of people right now and have been, re-evaluating their circumstance. So have been, I I've been working? Has it been paying off? Has it been worth it? You know, is my family life healthy? Have I been giving enough time to everything that in my life that I need to? Have have, they, have I sacrificed that? There are most definitely stories out there of people who work too much and lost their families because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, great. You live in a big house on a hill by yourself alone. Because you now you're divorced. Yeah. Because like, your spouse
0: was like, you're never here.
1: Yeah, and your <laughs> kids didn't know who you were. You know, so mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So you, gotta, you have to evaluate where you are in your life, and what prices you may have paid by working too much. Because or- one thing we have not discussed is the
0: workaholic term, right? Right. So, does workaholic also fall into the spectrum mm. of overachiever, high achiever, uh, you know, workaholic? Because again, I think that's a trauma response, mm-hmm. and um, also it is a, a type of avoidance.
1: Right. In our life. The way society has kind of pushed our career goals in life is that you have to you have to have your time that you have to work seventy hours a week for three or four years, so you know to for to earn your place, you know. So it's like the sacrifice you have to do, but that's like such a crock, you know. Well, but,
0: and it, we came across this great term in one of these articles we found, and I I will I'm sad that I well I'll have to go back and look and cite it and put it in the the notes. This paradox of excellence. Right. You know, like a paradox is something that is like two opposites that basically negate themselves out, right? right? A paradoxical experience. And then this of excellence. And I think that is a driving, I know that's a driving force for me. Like, you know, if you want to have something be excellent, it requires sacrifice. It requires hard work. work. And at the same time, you know, on the flip side of that, like it. It can go totally awry because sometimes I think I push too hard. And there's a fine line between, especially when you're working collaboratively, and I've had this blow up in my face, so from experience, and I've had it blow up within my team where I had to come in and repair what they had broken because they did not see that they were doing this. And, And that is... Don't break your people, right? As a leader, you also have to be... Not only are you, like, juggling the project management of the experience, but then, like, on a frequency level, I'm always jacked into the empathy and the energetic field of how... Especially when we're doing creative things. Yeah. You know? uh, Where I read the room... And all the people in it and be like, oh, so-and-so is not vibing the way they normally do. So you go over there and you fine-tune, like, what's going on? Because if you don't, they get brought taught. And then then somebody else that's maybe managing them doesn't read that. And then they break them. And then you have, like, this chain of, yeah, It's an it's a absolutely rapid chain reaction. Yeah. That um, I get mad at myself when I lose sight of that. Although, that is a very special skill.
1: Right. Well, you're captain of the ship in, in, the, in the set, right? I mean, you, right. You ha- in order for this to be successful, and you have to recognize who, you're, who what everybody brings to the table, and the emotions, are a very, that's a very good point. So skill levels aside, emotions mm-hmm. have most definitely played a factor in all life decisions.
0: Right, so when we're looking at these, like, practicums, these action moments that you can take in your own life if this is something you identify with, Or you know somebody like this that you, you know, want to give them some insight or some assistance.
1: Or understand them Or understand
0: them better, um, is the, because you know everybody has one of these people at work, or if not more, you know, Mm -hmm. and instead of hating them, maybe learning how to understand them better, because everybody needs what comes to the table, and overachievers are the kind of people that you do, if they're molded and shaped by their community yeah. to be the best form of themselves. Yeah.
1: They can become a high
0: achiever. They can become a high achiever and everybody wins yeah. because they're infectious or whatever. And like, if you're going to have like, you know, Beth do all your fucking work for you and then you take credit for it, well, you can go to hell because that's some shit behavior you need to take a look at, Yeah, you know, which happens sadly in corporate America a lot. A lot. Which is another reason why I'm not in it. (laughs) Um, Because corporate America's structure as a rule is not meant for overachievers. Right. It is meant for people who just want to do what's absolutely bare minimum necessary to do the thing. Because anybody who is outside of that average will be weeded out and removed.
1: Right, right. Because
0: corporate America doesn't want that.
1: Yeah. I remember a long time ago my boss told me this and it stuck with me. Um, so I, I think maybe at the time I was getting a big head about my ability and my position, and they're like, and, they, and this was a couple of choice words, nobody is irreplaceable. There is always somebody else who can do your job, whether it takes time to find them or whatever, you know, so that, and so like I get hit by a bus tomorrow and I won't be around somebody else who's going to have to do it, right? So you're not the, the, the center of the universe, you know, and I'm sure at some point I needed to learn that <laughs> in one project or another.
0: And like I experienced when I was getting sick, you shouldn't be. Because right. if you are trying to leave a legacy of your work, you would hope the people that you gathered around you that got excited about whatever you were doing will want to carry it on in your name or in your honor.
1: Right. Agree. Or
0: because they love it too. And if you're the keeper of all the secrets, and nobody knows how to it's do to it. Going to the grave with it's me. Going to the grave with me. Then you know what? You don't have a legacy. You just, you know, diddled yourself till you were dead. And now, someone's got to be like, nah. Because most people are not going to pick it up and go. Oh, I'm going to take this. I'm just going to go.
1: Nah, wah, 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 yeah, I've go seen. A thing. I've seen family situations where somebody was lost in the family, and then all the family things they used to do are gone. And it was sad that, you know, that didn't just get distributed and, and shared and, and people learned how to do different things because then they could have carried it on their honor.
0: Right. So, like, these are all really great things to observe. So when we when we look at this practicum, like, I think, you know, really looking at your place of trust mm-hmm. and working on that if it is a challenge for you and in, in whatever form that needs to be for you, be it meditation or some therapy or, or just having conversations with people around you that you think you trust but like make sure that you do and have a conversation with them about that because we just a lot of times we don't talk enough yeah. about that kind of thing yep. and understanding like you're like where you at with your intimacy because intimacy does not just necessarily mean sexual intimacy right it can be platonic intimacy it can be business intimacy
1: oh yeah you yeah. know when you're in a situation where you enjoy working with the people that doesn't seem like a job anymore
0: that's, that's
1: intimate. That's, in, that's intimacy. That's yeah. intimacy. Yeah. So, um,
0: like taking a look at those kind of things and um, making sure that you ask yourself on a regular self care basis: Am I in a work life self balance right now? Yeah. And if you're not, adjust. Agreed. You know, and it's not
1: just yourself, but it's your it's your circle, it's your right. home, it's your it's your environment. All those elements, you know. Are affected by how you are.
0: Correct. So, there. This is the hard conversations. This isn't the easy work. But if you can set up systems for that, so that it is just you've you've basically created a shortcut into those things like check check. Like you know, you're going into space. Make sure that all the little dials are where they need to be before you blast your ass up out of the stratosphere. We fucked.
1: Oh, we left the oxygen
0: tank behind. (laughs) Crap. Um, what other practicums can you think about? Um, Action-taking, things that people can do to...
1: I, I think just pulling out of the situation and finding your center. You know, I mean, it's, we are in this... I mean, I, I swear, the older I get, the faster life seems to go, thanks to technology, thanks to you know, the Internet and, and things that are happening in our life that just go, 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 go. We can't get our coffees fast enough or our food delivered fast enough or the Amazon packages fast enough. Right. You know, we, we're in this crazy speed life. And it is interesting, when you step out of the fast lane, and you're watching these whiz by, you're like, what the hell? Was George I going Johnson. that fast? Jane, get
0: me off this crazy thing. Even then, yeah. <laughs> they knew
1: it was going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, so pull yourself out of the situation and, and reflect on, are you mentally, physically healthy? Are you good? It's great. Yes, you are. Check. If, what about around you? Are you still happy in your people surroundings and your work surroundings? And if you're not, then that's what you said: that the reevaluate, figure out where you are. Um, well, I, and I've thrown this around a couple of times, partly because I'm ex, I'm exploring
0: it myself as a person who has been this way for a very long time, and where I'm like, okay, I, I don't ask people for help as a general rule. I, you know, I, I don't do it myself, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. Looking at all of this stuff that I do and recognizing this is trauma response to everything I've experienced in my life, and is that what I want? No, right? Right. So um, and and mixed in there is that intimacy and that trust. Like it's it's this amalgamated little ball of bloop.
1: yeah. You You just can't pull. You one just thread. can't
0: pull no. one thread. No. No. It's going to be um, commingled. goobly gubligap, goobly And you need to fucking do your work and unravel it. And it, I will tell you, it is its own gauntlet. And it'll take time. And it will take time, but it first brings it to a conscious awareness yeah. that this is what you want. This is what you choose. This is what you experience. This is uh, why. You know, all these questions. And so... That seems to be like really big, broad, vague practicum, but we have to start with asking ourselves these questions and bringing our unconscious mind to the conscious mind and be mindful of it so that we can see it and identify it.
1: Yeah, in and in a very simple story, uh, when I worked uh, at a restaurant a million years ago, I brought somebody this food and I put it down in front of them and I came back and checked on it later and they looked at me, and they said, every time I come here, this is awful. And the only thing that could come across my brain was, why do you keep coming back? Seriously. <laughs> and so why do you keep
0: ordering? Not only That's... why are you keep coming back, but why do you keep ordering the same fucking dish, expecting it to be any different?
1: Yeah, what's that saying about repeating something, you know? It's uh, a,
0: the ins- Making of insanity is, you know, like... Expecting, Make, expecting a different expecting outcome. A different outcome. Yeah. yeah. So I mean,
1: seriously, if you were in, if you were in a situation where you were literally like, "This sucks," don't keep doing it. You know. I mean, maybe you know what we say it simply. Stop there are circumstances. In the name of sanity, <laughs> before you break my heart. Right. So it is. It or is... I break your face. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's emotion there yeah. again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to learn. I mean, and it's not—it's not as cut and dry as we're making it seem. Like, if you need to make a living, sometimes you have to do the thing. You have to do the thing, right?
0: And we are not experts on this topic. Like we
1: always talk about on the show, and we have
0: lots of opinions and lots of our own experience. And there's, you know, like like I said, you Google "foo" the shit out of overachiever, workaholic, you know, high achievement. Like, there's a lot of opinions about. Do we like them? Do we not like this personality? But the fact remains: like I have it.
1: Yep. yep <laughs> so yep, it is a part too.
0: of who I am, and thus I must uh, treat it right. like it's its own thing, yeah. and understand it so I can understand myself better. Because that's what I'm trying to do here: is a you know vibrational soul riding around in a meat suit, uh, experiencing this this plane um, until I'm
1: done. And we're right? doing a PSA for them. Right. So they can
0: understand us. Right. So, so or understand um, the concept, right? So I, I, I think that again, the medicine that COVID, as an experience, is offering humanity, is that reset, for whatever the fuck you're doing, mm-hmm. but most especially for those of us that have been burning ourselves up, because I mean, if I'm gonna go. I'm going to go spectacularly. <laughs> <'em. It's>... Right. <laughs> and uh, I want to like go through my life review when I'm done with this meat suit experience and say literally, I ate it all. I sucked the bones. I cracked those fuckers open and all the marrow. And What's next?
1: Right. right. Right.
0: Or can I take a fucking vacation for a while? Like I just want to do nothing. Can I be a rock? That'd be great. They move really slow. Rock people are so cool, I don't have to like
1: do anything,
0: I just need to move really slowly.
1: And we need to appreciate this gift. We have, we are given, we have been given this gift of life. It is the most precious thing in the world. You, if you don't really get out and appreciate the small things, the big things, I mean, it, this is a once-in-a-lifetime, literally. It's kind of written for that experience that we're going to have. Wh- whatever the, the next life, next world, next spiritual realm looks like, it's not going to look like this. We're not going to get this same beauty that we have now. It's going to be different.
0: Right. And I encourage you, if you do not identify as this type of a person, um, try it out. Right. Try it out. like one 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 project at a time. One one thing. Just pick one thing that you're like, I have always wanted to do this. Skydive. And <laughs> bungee jumping. Um, <laughs> Shark tank, (laughs) shark cage, (laughs) whatever your thing is. And it's not just an adrenaline junkie thing. It is like, it could be something as what seems- Write a novel. Write a novel. What seems simple to me as a person who jumped on stage at four of her own volition and started singing, it could be that the most terrifying thing you could think you could ever do was to join a chorus. Right. And I'm going to look at you right through this microphone. I'm going to say, fucking do it. Right. And you're going to poop yourself. It's okay. <laughs> poop yourself. <laughs> we do it when we come into this world and we do it when we leave this world. We're going to do it in the middle of it too. right? Because why, Dana? Because it's all about poop. We've already established this. So it is go ahead and just fucking do it. Just that one thing. And then see what happens. Like That could be the thing that you go, nope, I tried it. Nope, this is not for me. Or it could be that thing that cracks you the fuck wide open and then you're like, oh, what else can I do?
1: Also, know it's okay to fail. Fuck yes. You know, what's probably more important than the actual uh, fail is the try. The fail to succeed is to try.
0: And if you're going to fail, fail
1: spectacularly. <laughs> because it's part of the learning curve process in the skill set. Yeah, it's just like when you're walking down a street and you trip over a rock, you turn it into a dance. Yeah. I meant to do that. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> right? So, so. That's some practicum
0: for you to be able to, like, a, maybe have a, a look at your medicine that's been given to you by COVID. The how the stopping helped us all kind of take a breath and go, Do I want to keep doing this kind of stuff? Or do I want to do it better? Do, do I need to let it go? Is it healthy for is me? Is it good for me? Um, and if you've never done it, is it now the time for you to do it? Yeah. You know, so. So that's the practicum that we're offering to you um, with this whole, like, overachiever, workaholic identity, um, and reframe that into high achievement. Yeah. There is a lot of work that has been illuminated that needs to be done at the humanity and community level. Right, Whether it's stepping into volunteerism, Stepping into uh, being a project manager/slash event person in your own life.
1: Right. Recognizing that people that are essential workers need to be paid a lot more than they're getting paid.
0: Right. You know, how can you, in your own sphere of influence, be that nucleus person that instigates and excites people? To go do the crazy shit. Like, I mean, I'm it's... shopping for a used minivan right now, which mm-hmm. I might as well be looking for the golden fucking fleece, even <laughs> where I know where it is. And because I'm trying to get my Argonauts together, and I tell every single salesperson that they're like, well, can I get you into a truck? Or I'm like, no, I need a minivan because I'm six foot five, fat diva, and it's the only car that I can fit in and drive safely. Secondly, my, are you looking at the world? My bitches and I need some shit to do, and I need to pile these bitches in this car with all of our shit and go drive to the places we need to go do some work. Hong Kong. You know, right? And scare everybody in suburbia (laughs) and um, rural Minnesota because, fuck, we'd be crazy. But that's what's required right now. And so I think the practicum the most, if any of this zung with you, is we are all being asked to do what is required right now. To Scaffolding us and bridge us to the next level Mm -hmm. of what has been cleared. There's been a clearing and a way. We've been talking about this for the last season. Um, As we've been experiencing COVID, you know, we are dangerously close to going through into a leather lockdown. Which and if we are, that's just what it is. It's because we're not done percolating what we need to do. But now we have some understanding of how to do this and maybe we can get through it faster this time because um, skill, Please. right? Yes. So if you, if any of these things with you, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at spiritualfrequencyhost at gmail.com. You can go out to our Facebook page and we have a group and a page. Um, and you can also find us on Patreon. We'll be putting some content up as soon as Tanji has... Um, completed her job that she needs to do right now and if we could send her lots of love and her family that would be very appreciative um and you can also you know reach out to us um on any of these forms and Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you'd like to see. Let us know if any of these practicums are something that will work for you. And, um, yeah. I'm also looking forward to James joining me for another episode. Topic yet to be determined. TBD. TBD. (laughs) Um, Anything in closing that you want to say? We also broke his podcast cherry. (laughs) James was like, I asked him to be on the podcast, and he's like, I don't really listen to podcasts. And I'm like, oh, well, you should go listen to one of our episodes. And, and he's like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, and
1: one of my friends is like, oh, and now that's all you're going to talk about now. <laughs> um, no, thank you for having me. This has been really great. Dana and I have always been able to have conversations basically about anything. That's right. That's right. And, and, but this was nice to have a focus. And, uh, and, and and I feel like sharing some of these stories, uh, even just even like in comparison to when I sing in the choir... We have this LGBT plus focus, right, this mission. And if I can connect with one person in that audience, I feel like we've achieved what we've meant to achieve in that moment. And same here. Like, if we can connect with people uh, who, who are feel negatively for being an overachiever or about ne- uh, negatively about overachievers, that maybe have a little bit better understanding of what that looks like, what the high achievers really are as people, and they're just trying to find themselves, actually. So I, I think that's a good thing. Well,
0: and I, you know, a quick thing before we wrap this up is we had talked pre-show about this too. It's like when you're a person who has an overabundance of energy and that kinetic energy, like it's the frequency thing too.
1: The momentum. That yeah.
0: momentum. Like if you do not put it into things that are somewhat, uh, have traction or whatever, it can literally drive you insane.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can affect you mentally and physically um, without something to Very poorly. To yeah, right, yeah. it's like this train that suddenly has no more track. You're like, but has you know, all the the, but the, the, the steam. Coal, the in the coal. coal is
0: still being shoved in. It's yeah, like, like not go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens? You explode. boom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. So we don't want anybody exploding. No. no. So, um, but but that is the thing. So I I'm super excited that we got to chat about this topic because mm. you know we may revisit it down the road again too. Yeah. Um, because as a magical practitioner, um, it is also Uh, a trap sometimes like you have big ideas are really common when you're a person that's a high achiever and then you have to kind of bust that down and figure out how to do it but that's a whole nother nother show Um, (laughs) so with that I want to thank you very much James for being co-host with me and um, thank you all listeners and we're really really excited to uh, bring you more topics this uh, season two Please tune in to us in all the places we've described, and we really look forward to seeing you again on The Spiritual Frequency.